I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who save with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey, everybody. It's Meredith. So we're trying out a new segment today, something small that will go in between our big, regular stories. I want to talk more informally with you about what I've been seeing in my Love Letters advice column which I write for the Boston Globe. I really want to have a space where we can talk about love and relationships and trends and give some good, old-fashioned, straight-to-the-point advice. So that's what we're doing here today. I'm putting on my advice columnist hat, and I'm bringing in another member of the Love Letters family to help me out, producer Caitlin Harrop. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Meredith. So why don't you tell everybody who you are? Yeah, I'm Caitlin. I am... One of the producers for Love Letters, I like long walks on the beach and cutting out all of the times Meredith blows her nose while we're recording. And she's got bangs. I've got bangs. They're pinned back today, but yes, I have bangs. Yeah. yeah. It's just something I like to share with people. (laughs) Caitlin, she has bangs. It's, It's a character trait. It's an important thing for people to know. I'll take it. I'll take it. Meredith, we're trying this new thing. We do not have a name for it. Not even a little bit. Do you have thoughts? Well, I want to talk about people's questions and I want to talk about the column. So I don't know. I just feel like mailbag is too generic. Also, I don't like the word bag. I have also for some reason I keep just being like mail, 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 mail pattern baldness. See, this is right. Like, and then I'm like, like, it's like free word association. Remember the movie that was made of honor, but it was um, made of honor, M-A-D-E. And it's like, I'm like, what's a pun? Um, uh, Remember when like the whole concept was that he was very in love with his female friend and she like went on vacation and came back with a husband, which is super toxic because also like a lot of people have like a different gender person of their maid of their, their sort of most important right. friend. But he and was it, made of honor. He, yes, but it doesn't have to mean that they're secretly in love with each other. Anyway, I red flagged that movie. Like, I just wanted to feel like it's just like a little sidebar from episodes, you know, like, like we're having a little separate conversation on the side in between our big narratives. I like that. It's also, we're going to be talking about your column sidebar. I like that. Very on theme, on brand. I'm here for that. I like it. I brought two questions that have come into the inbox for the column. And I'm hoping, Mayor, that we can do a little advice on the fly. What do you think? I would love that. All right, let's do it. Here's the first one. 
This letter writer says, I have a repetitive problem where I get intense crushes on people I'm friends with and then never say anything about it. I let the crush fester until it becomes creepy or unhealthy. I've always told myself that I'd tell the person I was interested if I ever had a sign they were interested as well, but I can't seem to determine what counts as enough to make a move. For once, I caught it early, but the thing is, he hasn't given me any indication that he's interested. We have a fun time in the hour and a half of driving on days we go into the office, but we never spend time together or talk outside that time period. I don't want to make things awkward to the extent that I lose the friendship or my ride to work. So I guess I'm wondering whether I should make a move or move on. And how does one go about either of those things in a way that won't harm the friendship? This is such a timely letter because like, If you have a crush on somebody in your carpool right now, when gas prices are as they are, this is high stakes. High stakes. You you really don't want to mess with the carpool dynamic. So the thing about it is, is that I think sometimes people who get crushes, and I'm one of these people, you sit and fester with it until it gets so big that it's not even real. Mm. And this letter writer is self-aware enough to know that you know, that they crush to the point of no return. And I'm so glad they caught it early because now they don't have to make a big declaration of love. All they can say is, hey, do you want to get coffee sometime when we're not in the carpool? It doesn't even sound like they're close enough friends that they hang out, you know, outside of this experience. So really, when you talk about affecting the friendship, I don't think there's much of a friendship to affect, but it's a simple question of want to get a drink after the carpool, want to get a a bite to eat when we're not in the car. The person's going to say yes or no, and then you can take it from there. And if they say no, I don't think it's going to destroy the carpool. They'll say I'm busy. They'll politely back away. Uh, But I think that's, you know, not every disclosure of a crush has to be a disclosure. Sometimes it can just be the smallest question. And, you know, when I look back at crushes I have that I wish I'd done something about, it's not that I wish I was showing up at somebody's door saying, I love you. It's, It's just that I wish I had said, hey, like, want to hang out so my advice to this letter writer is just to say like want to hang out it you know it can be far less um of a drum roll big deal just to ask for a small gathering outside of the car and if it doesn't work out if you feel like the vibes aren't happening when you're having that coffee outside the carpool maybe you'll find that you have better friend vibes and you get to expand beyond the carpool either way i'm so glad you said that caitlin because so many people who get crushes, and that is most humans, a lot of humans, they are such good fiction writers that they write an entire fictional relationship in their Mm -hmm. head before they even get to the first date. And this really, you know, this is your way of figuring out, letter writer, if you really like the person as much as you think you do. You're, You're on a date with them, too, provided they go. So, you know, you don't know you love them yet. And just remember that. Absolutely. Carpool Crusher, we're rooting for you. We'll be back in a minute with another question and more advice. All right, we're going to move on to number two, Meredith. Okay. This letter writer says, I am a divorced man with a five-year-old. I met my girlfriend shortly after my divorce. My girlfriend loves my child and vice versa. We share great chemistry and enjoy one another's company immensely. 
We've been together four years now and have talked about a future together. The problem is that she isn't elated about my past, that I'm divorced, older than her prior boyfriends, and have a child. She dreams of having a conventional relationship without having to become a stepmom, and she fears the scorn that her friends and family will dole out to her once they find out that we are planning a future. I told her that I can't change those basic facts and that there's no guarantee that her dream relationship would be better. Still, I am acutely aware that her feelings about the matter haven't changed. We intend to move forward and build a life together, but I'm anxious if we'll get there or how long she will stay if we do. Do you have any advice or observations? Uh, I want this letter writer to listen to our episode um, about what it's like to be a stepmother. (gasps) Uh, Just because Stacy was such a great source and such a transparent person when it came Mm -hmm. to admitting that she was a bad step-parent for a while and had to learn how to be better and had to learn not to prioritize herself. Totally. So my advice to this letter writer is to think hard about whether or not this is the right person for you before you start building that life. Because at the end of the day, anyone who's dating somebody with kids should know that that person's kids are a priority and should be a priority. And if you don't like it, if conventional to you is more important, although I have to laugh at conventional because what does that even mean? Yeah, but like, seriously. Clearly for, for this person, it means not dealing with somebody else's kids and, and fearing the scorn of friends and family about pursuing this. Like this person has to be very confident, very empathetic, very giving and and very, you know, just willing to make room for somebody else's life that's already there. If you're not with that partner you might want to find another one. So um, instead of worrying about when they're going to bail out of your life, you might want to consider bailing out of theirs because you have a great life. You have kids you want to prioritize. You want the kind of partner who will celebrate that, even on terrible days, because I'm not promising it'll always be rosy, but somebody who wants to be there with who you are and the people around you, as opposed to wishing they could hit the delete button. It is, trust me, I say this with all of my child of divorce baggage, you can tell when somebody wishes you were not there. And I think it is very important to find a partner that can love the life you bring. Yeah, we're not really going half in, half out on this, is what it sounds like. And I also think that this, you know, letter writer's almost partner has to be very honest, you know, with herself about what she's willing to give. Totally. Tough conversations. Meredith. Oh my gosh. Should we call the segment tough conversations? Tough Sorry. conversations. I, that's also good. That sounds very, um, after school, especially. Actually. I was just going to say, <laughs> sit down, everyone. It's time, time for, for some tough conversations. Tough conversations. <laughs> um, Mayor, you're so smart. Look, you answer questions on the fly. You do podcasts. We love it. Um, This was really fun. I think this is this is I'm calling this validation corner. Validation (laughs) corner. Yeah, I think um, words of affirmation is my love language. So here we are. I can tell. Mine Um, is just food. I know that's not a full love language, but I think that's gifts. Cotton candy. Yours is definitely cotton candy. Um, This was really fun. I think we might keep doing these segments. So listeners, if you have any questions you want to ask Meredith or the Love Letters team, you can write us at loveletters at boston.com. They might appear here in the segment or in the show season. And I just want to say, like, this is, you know, this in no way replaces our regular season episodes, but this is such a great way to keep in touch and to let you know what's happening in the column on the weeks we're not with you so stay tuned for more big stories and yes send your letters to loveletters at boston.com i have answered questions about 
naked hot tubbing, what counts as cheating, um, why everybody wants to break up in the spring, what happens when you have dating fatigue, what to do after divorce, who should be online and off. So please write in because it's probably under our umbrella. Yeah, this is just a little love letters snack between episodes. Thanks so much, Caitlin. I know it's weird to like share your own voice and name and we appreciate it because, you know, it's not a magic person behind the microphone. It's you. It's me. Uh, No, this was so fun. Uh, Thanks, Meredith. I'll talk to you later. There you have it. The show's got a new segment, Sidebar. We'll pop in from time to time, and I'll tell you more about what's going on in the column. Until next time, Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX. Today's episode was produced by Amy Padula, Caitlin Harrop, and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. Devin Smith does our audience engagement. Love Letters illustrations by Ashanti Davis. Check them out on the Love Letters Instagram. Special thanks to Brian McGorry and Linda Henry. Our music is from APM. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You could always send us your letter, maybe it'll be addressed in sidebar, to loveletters at boston.com. We're online at loveletters.show. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.